I released my first episode on Bitcoin or BTC back on August 18th, 2020. And at that time, the price per Bitcoin was just $11,949. As of today, January the 16th per Coinbase, it's at a price of $36,216. This would be a return of 203% over just a five month period. To put that in perspective, if you remember what was happening in the stock market, the darling of the year was Tesla. Uh, their stock price on August 18th, the same day I did release my Bitcoin video, uh, was at $377 when, it when the market closed. And as of January the 15th, Tesla's stock price was at $826.16 uh, for a return of just about 118%, which is still huge. Obviously, Tesla had a huge run uh, this past year. Bitcoin almost doubled your return on investment versus Tesla over the same time period. I'm going to say that again. Bitcoin almost doubled your return on investment over that time period. Uh, if you remember all of last year, there was huge news about Elon Musk and Tesla. Uh, pretty much anyone and everyone you knew were talking about uh, Tesla stock prices. Uh, the $40 billion, I believe, short short um, investors lost shorting betting against Tesla stock. Uh, but you don't really don't really remember that much press about about Bitcoin, nor did you hear it all year. You might have had a little bit of bump if you watch some business news, uh, but pretty much Tesla stock increases were, were everywhere. So that should tell you a little bit of something about the media and how really uh, far away and really how early it is for cryptocurrencies uh, to begin adoption uh, in, the, in our major society, which shows there are potentially significant gains. Uh, coming over the next year uh, and over the next decade uh, in cryptocurrency. And with that said, it just may be the opportunity of our generation to capitalize on the digitization of money in our world. It is definitely underway. Oh, and yes, it appears it looks like it still seems to be a bit early to start investing. Uh, so there may be a lot of gains coming over the next year and over the next decade. Welcome to the Good Samaritan Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Jackson. Uh, let's get into uh, some discussion about my portfolio and what it is I'm invested into in the, on the crypto side of things. Welcome to today's episode. Uh, let's get into kind of an intro before I kind of talk about my portfolio. The one thing I forgot to mention uh, in the intro is what the S&P 500 was up uh, for the year of 2020. Uh, it was up just 16%, which is a really uh, strong growth for the S&P. I think typically it's usually averaged about eight or 9%. So it's almost, um, uh, it looks like about 40% up than, it, than its average uh, for the year 2020, which kind of seems odd uh, with all the job losses uh, that happened in in 2020. So it must be something about that stimulus. Um, but that's neither here nor there. I uh, wanted to give you another uh, data point to really compare what to consider when you're investing and how diversifying uh, can help you capitalize on some some gains to uh, really boost your, your average portfolio. Uh, as someone who's coming to investing, um, if you guys follow my, my uh, podcast, if you don't know, I like to invest in real estate. Uh, crypto and in the stock market. Uh, the stock market is a much more passive income uh, vehicle, uh, mostly built through my retirement, but I do get to, I do spend the time to pick my own stocks. So I do uh, like to invest in a lot of ETFs, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not uh, as well vested 
uh, in the stock market is in regards to educating uh, myself as I am in crypto right now because the grain, the gains are so uh, significant and you can't um, uh, you definitely can't commit your time to everything and be 100 percent in everything. Uh, but I do like to keep my eye on eye on where I am <clears throat> uh, regards to my investments. Uh, right now, crypto is taking up a, a good portion of my time when it comes to researching and understanding the market uh, and making sure to make moves and to buy uh, into different companies uh, that I that I feel are going to uh, give a strong boost. And you guys will be able to kind of get an idea of some of the gains I've had in my portfolio uh, since I've only been in the, the crypto space probably the last uh, six to nine months. Um, I believe I got in right at the uh, about right about summertime. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, the August 18th episode. So I want to say I probably got in a few months before that. I actually started buying uh, Bitcoin back when it was uh, around 10,000 uh, or or lower. I believe it was around 9,000 was the lowest. I believe I bought Bitcoin uh, at early in 2020. So, yes, I did make some uh, some good gains uh, this year uh, so far uh, in crypto. Uh, the other point I would like to make uh, a in regards to this intro is uh, a maybe a pseudo motto for the channel is, you know, scare money doesn't make money. Uh, you got to be willing to take some risks, uh, depending on what kind of um, goal you have uh, for your life when it comes to your to your financial uh, future. Does that mean you need to gamble all of it? If you have all of your money in uh, one space or one industry or one category, of course not. As I've talked on this podcast before, it's definitely important to uh, diversify. Uh, that's why I believe in investing in the stock market. I believe in investing in real estate. I also believe in investing in crypto because any one of those categories can um, drop significantly, significantly on you. Uh, if you know anything about real estate, you can definitely get rich in real estate. Uh, but it takes a little bit longer to get rich in real estate. It's a, um, a definitely a long term commitment uh, to being in that space. But it definitely can happen to happen for you. Uh, and the reason why people like it is because it is slow and steady. You don't have uh, the volatility you might have uh, in the stock market. Brings me to the stock market. Even in the stock market, you can buy ETFs or uh, index funds uh, where it's a little bit less volatile, where your your gains are around, you know, the single digit single digit um, percentage gains over year to year, uh, and you reinvest those dividends. And again, you build that portfolio up uh, so that way, in ten, you know, fifteen, twenty years, or uh, thirty years, whenever you plan to retire, you have a nice little nest egg to retire on. At the same time, the stock market does give you the opportunity, though. Uh, to get in into to earlier uh, investments in companies, or you can do options trading, which I will talk about options trading another day. Um, but at least you can get into companies earlier. So as I mentioned, even in the stock market, though the, the S&P was up 16%, I actually haven't looked up how much Tesla was up this past year, uh, but it was significant. Uh, I definitely have picks in my portfolio uh, that really rocketed this year, like NEO. Uh, I believe NEO, I think I'm up like 300% on that investment. Uh, so I made a good amount of money uh, just picking that individual stock opposed to just being in uh, the S&P 500. Uh, and the other thing there as well with ETFs, uh, you can buy smaller cap stocks. If you'll notice how big Tesla was before it was even allowed to get into the S&P 500. Uh, so there's a good chance a lot of the biggest gains that Tesla will see in its stock price have already happened. Uh, so that's why you want to you know, learn to pay attention to, to get in on Tesla when it's much smaller 
uh, that way you can benefit from its rise to the to joining the S&P 500 opposed to only being able to start buying into it once it's already, you know, become a a uh, behemoth of a of an auto company that has become at least on the stock market. It's actual sales is different, but that's another episode. Uh, and then crypto, uh, I balance, you know, real estate and my investments in stock market with crypto. Uh, it's definitely a a fledgling technology, even though, you know, Bitcoin's only been around, I think, just 10 years or just a little over 10 years. Uh, and there's a huge layer of technology that is, in my opinion, uh, on a tsunami to take over uh, the world. But it's taking a, a very it's going to take a very long time for it to become adopted. Uh, but I believe it's uh, on the horizon to be the next uh, big thing uh, where a lot of wealth is being transferred so because you're getting so early, there's a lot more volatility and a lot more uncertainty in the space, uh, but the gains are a lot more significant, too. So I pretty much balance those three out. Uh, so I'll end that there and then we can actually get into uh, my portfolio. Oops, I almost forgot right before we get into my portfolio, I wanted to uh, give another shout out to Token Metrics. I am officially a part of the affiliate program now, so if you sign up with uh, my uh, affiliate uh, code, uh, which is Jason Jackson five at tokenmetrics.com, you can get 10% off. Uh, Tokenmetrics is a, a great platform. They uh, really utilize machine learning uh, to really help add to your uh, research when you're looking to invest in a particular cryptocurrency or a particular crypto project. So I definitely shout out to them. They've been a, a big part of how a part of my research and how I've built my portfolio. And how do you really uh, avoid uh, getting, you know, involved in rug pulls? So there are over, I believe, 6,500 uh, tokens now uh, in the crypto space. And there's a good amount of them or a shoot, probably most mostly of them that um, are not not may not be very good projects or may not be very good investments right now. Uh, so they really do a good job of helping you sift through uh, the muck to really find those show, those strong projects uh, to to really put your money behind and help you invest better. So uh, tokenmetrics.com, uh, you can get 10% off if you use my affiliate link. Again, the code is Jason Jackson five uh, and definitely check it out. Okay, now that we got that out the way, so back to my portfolio, I have about 60% of my crypto portfolio in Bitcoin and Ethereum. Uh, each one of these cryptocurrency I've I have already recorded a couple of episodes on. So definitely check those out uh, if you haven't already. Uh, I hold much more Ethereum uh, than Bitcoin presently. Uh, but between the two, they are the majority of my portfolio. Uh, Bitcoin is presently viewed as a store value and as equivalent of digital gold. Uh, Bitcoin is a first mover of the crypto world, really starting back in 2009 to kind of kick off the whole industry. One of its really huge benefits is that it's deflationary. So there will only ever be 21 million coins ever created uh, for Bitcoin. I believe there are about 18,500,000 plus of those coins currently in circulation. Uh, the best way, you know, coins are uh, brought into the market or how new coins are brought into the market, excuse me, is uh, by the way of miners. Uh, so miners are rewarded with a new Bitcoin for completing blocks uh, that are added to the ledger on the blockchain. So definitely learn, take a, you know, go learn more about Bitcoin and the blockchain. Uh, my initial episode uh, on crypto uh, is purely just mostly about Bitcoin and uh, the blockchain. If you want to start there. Uh, on the other hand, uh, Ethereum, uh, which is also a cryptocurrency, uh, it is also another first mover 
uh, the biggest piece of Ethereum that uh, sets itself apart is that it allows developers uh, to really build and publish what they call distributed decentralized applications or DApps for short. Uh, for example, you know, the majority of the decentralized finance apps uh, that are really popular out in the market right now are being built on Ethereum. And with Ethereum, uh, the really big potential uh, is the basis on which, you know, value can be transferred um, between, you know, parties or people. Um, so it's, you know, currently I'm mostly bullish on Ethereum just because uh, at this point in time, uh, it's the market leader. Uh, if you haven't noticed, I did cover how much uh, one BTC currently costs. Uh, the average person won't be able to uh, more than likely be able to afford Bitcoin and the amount of gains that uh, Bitcoin has in the future. Even if it hits some of the uh, really staunch predictions of like 150, 250K that some people have thrown out there by the end of 2021, uh, won't compare in the kind of uh, return on investment uh, the other what were what are called altcoins like Ethereum or Chainlink or other uh, coins out in the market Litecoin that exists as well. So uh, that's the reasoning for me. Others, uh, you'll find that they believe in Bitcoin um, and only Bitcoin. They actually have a name. They're called Bitcoin maximalists. Um, but that's that's particularly not me. I believe we're really at the dawn of a new. Uh, age of technology, uh, where a lot of these companies are similar to uh, the internet companies that were fighting back in the 1990s. Now, which one of those companies will come out on top? Uh, we actually have no idea. We, uh, I would say the community is very confident in Bitcoin and Ethereum, uh, but a lot of things could change uh, over the, the next three to five years and over this decade. And the very company that uh, may even take over the space and change the world uh, very well not may not be created yet or has been created uh, in the last few months. And they're just, you know, lost in that 6,500 uh, coin and applications that are being built. So a lot of people working. Uh, but like I said, to start 60% of my portfolio are in these two behemoths. They're the top two. Uh, they're the top two uh, largest coins by market cap uh, in the market right now. I believe Bitcoin... Uh, market cap. Actually, I'll actually look it up right now. Um, as of right now, the market cap for Bitcoin is currently sitting at six hundred and sixty five billion dollars, um, almost sixty six hundred and sixty six billion dollars. Uh, and Ethereum's market cap is uh, only, quote unquote, uh, at one hundred and thirty nine uh, billion dollars. And then it starts to drop pretty drastically from there. Uh, Polkadot, which is recently uh, moved into the number four spot uh, as market cap is only at $15 billion. So uh, as you go down the list, the the opportunity uh, for return on investment becomes a significantly higher uh, with some of the other altcoins, but also there's, there's more risk involved as well. So as we go to the next uh, largest holding that I have is actually a cryptocurrency called Aave. Uh, it's just a, worth under 10% uh, of my portfolio. Uh, interesting thing about it is, is if I go back to my initial investments, this actually wasn't the uh, next big bet I made. It actually has just grown so much uh, and outpaced uh, the other cryptocurrency that I bought that it, it itself has become uh, almost about 10% of my portfolio. So that's just another shout out to diversity and why it's important to diversify your portfolio. 
because uh, you can't know everything or how uh, things will plan out, pan out in the future, but you can't benefit by making sure you uh, don't put all your, your money in one bag. Uh, but in short, you know, Aave is a open source DeFi lending protocol that allows users to earn interest uh, on deposits and allows users to borrow uh, different types of cryptocurrencies. Uh, it's built on the Ethereum blockchain, so it, hence it's decentralized. There isn't a central entity that owns it. Uh, if you've heard me mention Nexo uh, in some of my other uh, episodes, it is centralized, so it is controlled by a central en entity that also does some lending and loans out to people as well. So I'll talk about Nexo at a different time. It is a part of my portfolio. Uh, but according to uh, DeFi Pulse, uh, when you go, if you ever have ever heard of DeFiPulse.com, uh, but DeFiPulse.com gives a idea of how much money is locked up in different projects uh, and on what platforms are being used. Most of them are Ethereum. Uh, but as of uh, this recording, there was currently about three and a half billion dollars locked up in the Aave protocol. Uh, so there's already a lot of uh, money really locked up inside of the project. Uh, they support several different cryptocurrencies. Um, they currently offer flash loans, uh, uncollateralized loans, rate switching, um, etc. So for now, there are um, a lot of um, projects earlier on. I actually have another use case that I'll discuss here in a moment. Uh, but like I was saying, how it works essentially is as a user, I can deposit funds uh, into a liquidity pool, um, and then other users are able to actually borrow from that um, liquidity pool uh, and then, you know, be required to pay interest as a, a user who deposits funds. I will be able to earn interest. Uh, the pool is always over collateralized. So there's always more supply uh, than funds that have been taken out of it to help uh, protect the uh, people who, you know, essentially protect the lenders. Uh, and in this case, the beauty of, you know, Ave is that the lenders ends up being um, a group of people, particularly the users who provide liquidity uh, and because it's not controlled by the, the likes of a bank. That's what uh, makes it very different and kind of puts the power of the protocol and the operation of lending and borrowing back into many more hands of people opposed to it being controlled by one central figure or authority. So the interest rates are actually determined by the supply and the demand of the users in the protocol. Um, this is done via smart contracts. You've got an in-depth kind of description of what smart contracts are from my episode on Ethereum. If you haven't heard it, like I said, definitely go and check that out. Um, but uh, pretty much as I've kind of discussed uh, during this show and in other shows around cryptocurrencies is that the smart contracts you know, pretty much offer the ability to insert technology where currently in traditional finance, we have what we call middlemen or banks or uh, different companies who facilitate uh, the transactions between uh, two separate parties, which is the, the beauty of the uh, technology. Obviously, I've discussed the efficiencies and the cost effectiveness uh, of tra transitioning uh, to a decentralized protocol in this in this way or to transition to cryptocurrencies in general uh, because this is what it is able uh, to offer. The other big point you kind of can, if you can kind of see what Ave has the potential to become uh, in the future, as I kind of mentioned, uh, the users are able to benefit. So if I head over to uh, the app 
if I head over to their website, which is app.ave.com, uh, you can go there right now or when you get in front of your computer. Uh, it looks like if I make a deposit of USD coin, uh, which is a stable coin, I probably need to do an episode on stable coins, but bear with me. Uh, I'll explain that briefly in a second. Uh, USD coin, uh, the current annual percentage yield on USD coin, if I were to deposit it with a, in the Ave app or you know add liquidity for other users to borrow from, I can earn 10.96% uh, on that investment. I'm going to say that again, 10.96% APY, so annual percentage yield for the year on that money. Um, compare this to traditional finance savings accounts. Um, the rates that you're getting right now, I actually just looked it up this morning. I believe American, I was looking at American Express high yield savings account, which we, uh, my wife and I just recently had, um, is already dropped even lower than where it was when I opened it, I think about nine or 10 months ago, uh, but it's at 0.5% interest. So uh, it's the reason, it's one of the reasons why we don't have a savings account with the traditional bank anymore because it's, I'm, I'm providing liquidity because that's what you are when you're opening a savings account for a bank. If you're um, not sure if that's the case, check out my episode on fractional reserve banking. Uh, but when you put your money into a bank, uh, it does not just sit there. They pretty much facilitate the lending out of that money uh, to other um, citizens, or let's use the word users, because Ave, since we're talking Ave and how Ave works, uh, and pretty much they take your money in and essentially borrow it for 0.5% interest, and then turn around and lend it out for. 20% interest on credit cards, maybe, or, you know, what, what is the mortgage rate right now? I think it's probably like 2.5% interest uh, to someone else using your money to lend it out. So it, I, I mean, if you, if you think about it and I hope I don't have to say it uh, really anymore, it's, it's really just a no, it's a no brainer, right? Um, in the instance of Ave, for example, why cryptocurrencies have the opportunity to really change the world we know of, particularly with um, against banks and traditional finance, is the ability for the users or the parties involved uh, to really capitalize and make money on their money, opposed to the middlemen making all of the money and being able to control uh, how that money flows. Uh, and how interest uh, may flow to the different parties for people who provide it. So in this example, if you really think about it, if you have a savings account right now with $10,000 in it, um, you stand to make about $1,000 on the year or $83 a month if you were to take that money and provide li liquidity through the Ave lending protocol right now because of the 1096 percent interest that you're able to earn as a depositor versus putting that money in a high yield savings account earning 0.5 percent interest that's you're going to earn a whopping 50 dollars for the year for putting your money in that bank uh, or four dollars a month um again does that money just sit in the bank not technically the bank is uh, regularly learning how to offer 
their products using the pool of money that they have from depositors. So don't be just I just want to be very clear about that. So I always, you know, for me, once I figured that out, I was like, well, I've got a we've got a savings, uh, you know, amount of savings uh, currently in traditional finance world. If you're a saver, uh, you're being punished, uh, in my view, and maybe not punished. There is no value for you to save your money. And why do you you know, there's a reason why and the people that understand this, there's a reason why the stock market is um, going up so significantly. Because people are looking for places to put their money to, at minimum, you know, fight inflation. Um, and you cannot do that with a, a savings account right now because the, the federal government wants to uh, make sure that we're targeting a 2% um, inflation rate. And the bank wants to give you 0.5%, you know, return on your money. And that's, you're, you're technically going to lose about 1.5% um of the value of your money just to inflation if you put it in a savings account so those are the things you want to consider and, and what people have really started to recognize uh, once people are able to really figure this out um i don't see why would why would you not consider you know putting your money elsewhere uh, where you can receive a much higher return uh, on your investment um, so that you know that's just a quick example what ave really aims to be and what you can do right now. Like I said, you can go look at that right now. Um, the other the piece I would explain that I kind of skipped over for USD coin. So there was an article just at the end of this year, actually beginning of this year, end of 2020 or beginning of this year, 2021 here in January, uh, the office of the comptroller for the federal uh, government pretty much gave the green light for banks to participate uh, in really validating uh, blockchain uh, technology and actually, I'll pull it up right here. I have it up right here. Um, and really what these implications for the letter is. So the letter pretty much states that blockchains have the same status as other global financial networks, such as SWIFT, ACH, and Fedwire. Um, and pretty much it's just a huge advance, particularly for what's described as stable coins. Uh, it looks like this year, USD coin, um, which is a centrally controlled a stable coin uh, is look. It looks like it might be on the path of getting some, you know, some validation uh, from the federal government. As we've, we might have heard of uh, the discussion of CBDCs or um, pretty much digital currencies controlled by um, federal governments or um, central banks, I should say. CBDCs stands for Central Bank uh, Digital Currency. Um, and uh, currently the U.S. does not have one, but there are some stable coins that are on the market um, in the crypto world. And USDC uh, pretty much backs the USDC, USD coin by the U.S. dollar. Uh, so therefore, every USD coin that's in circulation uh, in the crypto world, in the crypto markets or in the market in general is backed by the U.S. dollar. Uh, now, it is centrally controlled. Um, so the company that I believe that runs it is called Circle. Uh, they regularly perform audits to prove its solvency. And what, what that means is you can go look at the audits by Circle and the USD, um, USD coin to see the actual dollars that have been you know, audited to make sure that for every USD coin that's in the market is matched by a dollar. So it's backed by the US dollar. 
Um, the importance of that is, is that you, you know, crypto is more than just buying Bitcoin or Ethereum or any of the other major projects that people are interested in where a lot of volatility uh, exists. This allows you to be in crypto without worrying about your the value of your money going up or down uh, based on the success of any one particular project. But you can just, instead of owning US dollars, you can have USD coin. You can use that USD coin to, uh, for example, lend out or provide liquidity in a um, lending protocol such as Aave. Uh, or you can go through a central authority like uh, Nexo, where we also have uh, cash at to earn um, <clears throat> to earn interest. Uh, I specifically know for a fact, I know with our Nexo account, if, you know, if, for example, if you have 10 K in there, I believe you're getting roughly two and a half dollars a day, uh, in interest, uh, just by providing liquidity, uh, to that company. So the ability to under really help you understand the importance of this um, is and once people kind of if people ever were, are to figure it out sooner rather than later is why would you keep your money in a savings account getting 0.5 percent interest um, when that same money can be earning 10 percent interest uh, APY uh, it's just it's a no-brainer it's a reason why we it's a reason why I don't have a high yield savings account uh, anymore um, I have that money in a much a stronger in a much better investment or much better safe haven that can generate more interest uh, opposed to 0.5%. Uh, for that to be so low, I mean, we're almost flirting with having negative interest rates uh, and who knows what will, will happen then that will only continue to pump the uh, price of different assets in the market for sure because people are uh, looking for places to put their money uh, to battle inflation and crypto uh, can definitely offer that with companies like uh, Ave that exist in the market. So um, that represents about less than uh, 10% of uh, my portfolio. Uh, today, this is going to be part one. I'm realizing I need to explain the projects a little bit clearer uh, so that you guys can get an idea of what these uh, projects offer, at least the ones that I've invested in. So uh, for today, like I said, 60% of my current portfolio uh, is in Bitcoin and Ethereum, with the majority of that being in Ethereum. Check out the other two videos uh, or two podcasts on those two uh, projects. I do a, a nice in-depth uh, description of those. And then today, uh, the one out that I've added is actually Ave. Um, very strong potential there. The other big use case I want to... Uh, leave you with for Ave is potentially, I know they're trying to work with another company uh, that's trying to tokenize real estate. You know how much I love real estate um, and figuring out ways to um, really rapidly develop what's called decentralized finance. Uh, and the idea behind tokenizing real estate is say you own a home that's worth uh, $100,000, say it's paid off, uh, instead of, you know, going to a bank and doing the HELOC where the, you got to pay the bank interest on, um, technically an asset you already own <laughs> so that they can give you, you know, so that they can provide liquidity. You offer them a, a portion of the value of your home, uh, and the bank makes that, you know, makes that transaction happen and they earn that money instead 
you could have the opportunity to tokenize a portion of it. So say you want you can tokenize a portion of the equity in your home. Say you want to take out thirty thousand, you can tokenize it, sell thirty thousand dollars worth of tokens uh, to investors who want to buy, and then you pay interest to those people who um, who decide to invest and in, you know buy those tokens for you for you to raise money for whatever other projects. And you might ask Jason, like, why would why would I want to do that if I can go to the bank? Well, here's here's the part that I, I don't want you to miss. It's allowing more people to participate in the financial markets and the smart contract because it, this portion of your real estate has been tokenized. It's a trustless. And again, definitely go back and check out my description of the blockchain. The blockchain allows. These two parties, if I own a portion of the house and I can sell it to whoever, it allows these two parties to implement that trust through the smart contract opposed to implementing that trust through a bank, for example. This allows more people to participate. This allows other people to provide liquidity or a loan to you via the the app or the tokenization of this asset, which I there's another um, there's another. Uh, project that I'm invested in. Once I talk about derivatives, and we'll do that on another show coming up soon. Um, it allows those people to earn interest and make that money. And it allows more people to participate in the lending or in the finance world, uh, opposed to whereas now it's all run through our financial system, particularly through banks. And the larger point to to really get you to understand, it's a very small amount of people who get to reap the benefits of billions and trillions of dollars of value that is transferred. Whereas Ethereum and the projects people are building on Ethereum are going to allow much more people to participate um, in finance and able to benefit from it. In this example I provided, um, HELOCs are one of the ways people use to used to leverage the equity in their homes to potentially buy other real estate or other um, assets in the world. Um, instead, like I said, they could tokenize it and other people can provide that liquidity and more people can participate uh, opposed to banks being able to make trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars uh, really concentrating a lot of those benefits of the finance world into a small uh, amount of hands. So I will leave it there on my next episode. I'll do a part two on my portfolio. Uh, but just to just to remember, I, I suggested Token Metrics. I'm definitely affiliate with uh, Token Metrics now. Uh, so if you go to their website, tokenmetrics.com, uh, just use my uh, affiliate code. It's Jason Jackson five. That's the number five. Uh, you'll get 10% off uh, if you decide to sign up. So uh, like I said, that's a great tool I use to, to help build my portfolios and add to, a, to my research and how I decide on which projects to invest in. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Uh, look out for part two of my crypto portfolio. I'll probably cover, cover another couple projects, uh, why I'm invested in them and why I believe in them. Um, but no matter where you are, your financial journey, always take the time to be a good Samaritan. Peace.